Welcome to the Talk of Fame Network. I got a good deal on those boys. The scout said they showed a lot of promise. With your Hall of Fame voters. Don't act like you're not impressed. Ron Borges. You want to punch me right now, but you won't. Rick Oslin. I don't know what we're yelling about! And Clark Judge. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? On SB Nation Radio. there last week. I was standing in the Hall of Fame. So was the Goose Man. You know what? I thought it was a good week. I mean, the senior committee, which is why the Goose Man was there, brought out Robert Brazil, Jerry Kramer, and the contributor committee, which is why I was there, brought out former GM Bobby Bethard Goose. You know, uh, just my opinion, but honestly, I thought it was a good week all the way around. Yeah, as both of you guys know, it's impossible to pick a bad candidate in these committees. There are so many Hall of Fame worthy players and contributors. You know, I know when we finished work on the senior committee, I felt worse for the 20 who didn't get in than the two that did. You know, that means that group of 20 will have to wait another year. And some of those guys have been waiting for 30, 40, 50, even 60 years. Well, Ron, I'm going to be honest here. You know, what I didn't realize until I got home was how good that offensive line was that Jerry Kramer played on. I mean, it was what, Forrest Gregg? It was right. Jerry Kramer. And, and that Hall of Fame center, Ringo Starr. Uh. <laughs> True story. Milwaukee Journal Sentinel of all papers. Reported last Friday that Kramer played not with center Jim Ringo, who is in the Hall of Fame, but with center Ringo Starr. Uh, we don't make them up, people. <laughs> well, there you go. That's a universal desk for you. You know, my God. <laughs> right now, Lee Remmel is spinning in his grave somewhere, oh. and Vince Lombardi is hollering at him. What the hell's going on out there? <laughs> what is going on out there, Ron? That is crazy. They cut all the editors and the desk people. Unbelievable. It is crazy. I mean, the, in the General Sentinel, of all people, too, where Bob McGinn. Yeah, I mean, that's nuts. Start. If this was like the Omaha, yeah, whatever it is, right. you'd say, well, okay. But, you know, that's like the, that's the seed of the Packers there in Green Bay and in Milwaukee. I, I think I want to mail that item to Sirius XM Radio Channel 18, the Beatles channel. I think they might get a kick out of that. <laughs> well, what? anyway, there are going to be no mistakes like that in this show, or at least we hope, first of all, we have the star of Super Bowl 51. Okay. The other star of Super Bowl 51, that'd be Patriots running back James White. He's with us. We also have a complete Hall of Fame wrap-up with Mr. Jerry Kramer in the house, as well as Hall of Fame voter and senior committee member John McClain of Hurricane Ravage Houston. What's more, we have Hall of Fame voter Jeff Legwell from Denver. And he just might tell us why he thinks we screwed up by not choosing Broncos owner Pat Bowen as the 2018 contributor candidate. Anyway, Talk of Fame Network is going to come back. We'll have more and much more on these subjects right after we take a break for our sponsors. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Wish summer would last forever? Ask Sherwin-Williams and save 30% on paints and stains during the endless summer sale, August 24th through September 4th. With colors like Picnic, Pressed Flower, and August Moon, you'll be surrounded by summer long after the leaves have changed. Your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams paint store is right around the corner. Find it at sherwinwilliams.com save. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Talk of Fame Network, as you should know by now, is brought to you by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com, and you probably should have gone 
15 minutes ago. Hey, guys, I, I want to get into what happened last week with the senior committee and, and Jerry Kramer and Robert Brazil. But before I do, we lost a Hall of Fame caliber defensive back this week when former Colts star Bobby Boyd passed away at the age of 78. Yes, he had another great player who's been lost in the pages of the NFL history book. You know, Boyd was one of four cornerbacks selected the NFL's 1960s all-decade team, but, it's the only, but he's the only one not enshrined in Canton. In fact, his candidacy has never been discussed. He played nine seasons, intercepted 57 passes. That's more picks than Willie Braun collected in 16 seasons and Deion Sanders in 14 seasons. Too many worthy candidates have fallen through the cracks, and now we've lost Bobby Boyd forever. Don't go dissing Willie Brown, former Raider. Ron, don't let him do it. Don't I'm let not, him do uh, it. I was almost said something, but I decided early in the show. Be nice. Yeah, that's right. But I won't be. I <laughs> will not tolerate that much longer. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. <laughs> oh man, Willie Brown running for a touchdown. Remember that? Well, that's Ronnie, um, you guys are on the senior committee. You and Gooseman. Um, yes, has Bobby Boyd's name come up for discussion? And and do you think? He could be one of those guys who makes it for the Amnesty 100, and I'm speaking about the, the 100th NFL celebration when the Hall will consider, at least consider, opening the doors to more senior candidates. Uh, it has come up, but I wouldn't say really as seriously as, as probably his credentials deserve. I'm not sure he'd make the Amnesty 100, uh, depending on the size of the, of, of the class they allow in. Uh, look, Bobby Boy was a really good player, um, as those of us who know the history of the game will tell you. But you know, I take Bobby Dillon from the from the uh, Packers over over Bobby Boyd, and that's Bobby Dillon, uh, Clark, uh, not Matt yeah. Dillon, <laughs> yeah, or I Bob like music. Dillon. Yeah. It's Dillon, I L L O N. Okay, <laughs> thanks for clearing that. You know, first off, the the Amnesty class remains in the talking stage. There's no guarantee that there'll even be an Amnesty class. Right. And secondly, there's no definitive number for inclusion. Is it five extra seniors? Ten? Fifteen? I would think the all-decade players would receive the greatest consideration, but there are 68 of them in the senior pool. I doubt there are going to be 68 spots in any <laughs> amnesty class. Wow, yeah, I doubt it too. Uh, anyway, we can only hope. Um, well, it, it's it's sad to hear the passing former Colts defensive back Bobby Boyd. But I remember watching him as a kid and loved watching him play. And you know, he, he said is, one of the he said one of the funniest things. Supposedly, Upton Bell told me this story. They're driving to the stadium for. Uh, Super Bowl three against the Jets. And he turns to Jimmy Orr and he says, it's only one thing we had to hope for. We've got to hope Earl doesn't wake up from this dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? About he Earl did. Ball, and he did. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Orr is still open in the end zone. Still. still open he still is, waving his arms frantically. <laughs> well, uh, anyway, Bobby Boyd is he's deserving of, of Kent, deserving of the Hall of Fame. Uh, I wrote about him years ago, and, and you guys have certainly considered him. But uh, you know what? Jerry Kramer and Robert Brazil, they're worthy of the Hall of Fame, too. And they're the senior nominees for the class of 2018. And, Guzman, you were in Canton last week for the vote. If you can, take us behind the scenes as to how these two were chosen. Well, like I said in the opening segment, it's impossible to pick a bad candidate. We discussed a slate of 22 candidates. Those 22, 14 were all-decade performers, including both Brazil and Kramer. Those 22 candidates went to a combined 88 Pro Bowls. We discussed Defensive Players of the Year, Super Bowl MVPs, NFL record holders. We could have come out with any number of different combinations of two, and I'd have been happy with the selections. Well, Ron, you weren't there, but you are on the committee. You happy with the selections? You know, yes and no, and, and, and obviously, you know, I, I agree with uh, Goose completely on the fact that you look at that list and you're not going to come out with an, a guy who doesn't deserve it or a bad candidate. My concern is the sort of macro view of the whole thing. 
since we went to two nominees in 2004, which mm-hmm. was later amended back to two every other year for the because of the contributor committee creation, we've had 28 senior slots. We lament all the time how long the list of deserving guys is, yet we've used nearly a third of those slots, nine out of 28, uh, to renominate the same seniors, Kramer, Bob Hayes, Claude Humphrey, Dick Stanfell, and Marshall Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, that troubles me, and it doesn't exactly strengthen the argument that the pool is so deep. If it is, shouldn't we be pretty careful about bringing people back, even though I was happy to see those guys come back? Mm-hmm. And all of them, of course, finally got into the hall with except on Marshall Goldberg, who I don't know who he pissed off, but if he was later a judge, <laughs> and he must have just sent somebody to federal prison because, you know. <laughs> so, you know, wait, wait, what, let me... Let me get this straight. Would you not have brought Kramer out? Would you brought somebody else out? I'm concerned about Kramer, even though you know I'm a big advocate for Kramer. Right. I'm just concerned that this is his 11th time in there as a finalist. Uh, all different types of committees have not sent him in, and it just would be awful, both for him and, frankly, for some guy who doesn't get in the room, if that happens uh, on 11th time. I, I would certainly hope it doesn't. But it's worrisome to me. Okay, Gooseman, who exactly was the competition for these guys? I mean, in other words, who could be the leading candidate or, or, or leading candidates for 2019 when there's just one nominee? Well, I would hope Johnny Robinson gets a longer look. Um, with Jerry Kramer now to the poll, I think he's probably the most deserving candidate. Alex Karras, Ken Anderson, Drew Pearson, Eddie Metter. There, there are plenty of quality candidates still under consideration. Hello, this is Kenny Easley. And this is the Talk of Fame Network. Well, speaking of Hall of Fame seniors, there's this year's nominee and inductee, Kenny Easley. And this is our State Your Case segment brought to you by Progressive, where customers who switch to Progressive can save as much as $600. For more information, log on to Progressive.com and see how much you can save on car insurance. If, however, you want to see how Ron wants to push Art Powell for the Pro Football Hall of Fame and how much he wants to push him, log on to TalkOfFameNetwork.com. Or, you know what, you can just listen to what he has to say now. Ronnie? Well, you know, guys, this is another uh, uh, senior candidate. Art Powell uh, stood out not simply because he's one of the great wide receivers in AFL history, uh, but because he stood up at a time when to do so uh, was a risk far greater, frankly, than the one Colin Kaepernick faces today. Art Powell was a star wide receiver with with Hall of Fame production for the Titans and the Oakland Raiders in the 1960s, but he was also a foot soldier in the fight against racism during the early days of the Civil Rights Movement. Uh, while many of his peers accepted the world as it was, Art Powell refused to accept segregation on the playing fields or in hotels and restaurants, repeatedly putting his career on the line by refusing to play in towns that segregated him from his teammates. Often in those days, he stood alone. Drafted by the Eagles in 1959 after two years in the CFL, uh, he began his career as a defensive back, says a lot about the Eagles coaching staff, uh, <laughs> and he, he finished second as a rookie in uh, 1959 in kick returns, averaging 27 yards uh, uh, per return. Uh, the following year, however, he refused to play in a preseason game against the Redskins in Norfolk, Virginia, after he learned that the Eagles' black players would not be allowed to stay in the same hotel uh, with his white teammates. He was soon released and signed with the New York Titans of the AFL in that league's inaugural season. Their coach was slinging Sammy Baugh, and that's a guy who knew receivers when he saw one, and he immediately shifted Art Powell to wide, uh, to wide receiver. He was rewarded by seeing Art Powell score four touchdowns in his first game. Quickly, he formed one of the most prolific receiving tandems in pro football history, along with uh, Don Maynard, a future Hall of Famer. Together, they became the first set of receivers to post 1,000-yard receiving seasons in the same year, and they did it twice, in 1960 and again in 62. 
but in 1961, Powell again refused to play in an exhibition game against the Oilers in Greenville, South Carolina, when he learned the team's black players would be housed in a hotel in an all-black neighborhood rather than with his teammates. Again, he stood alone. Uh, with the Titans facing financial problems, the owner, Harry Wismer, put Powell up for sale uh, after he'd led the AFL in receiving in 1962, and Al Davis signed him with the Raiders. He went to Oakland, led the AFL in, with uh, 1,304 receiving yards and 16 receiving touchdowns in 1963. But when the Raiders went to play an exhibition game against Powell's former team in Mobile, Alabama, he refused to play when he learned of segregated seating at Ladd Stadium. Al Davis moved the game to Oakland. Two years later, the AFL All-Star Game was in New Orleans in 1965, and Art led a boycott with 21 other black players after many of them had been refused uh, service by white cab drivers and in nightclubs. The game was moved to Houston and went off without further incident. By the conclusion of his 10-year career, Art Powell had posted 5,000-yard receiving seasons, was named to the all-time uh, AFL team, and of his 479 receptions, 18 were for touchdowns, meaning he scored 16.9% of the time, one of the highest averages in history. 49 years after his retirement, Art Powell still ranks 26th all-time in receiving touchdowns and also was third all-time in AFL history in receiving yards behind Don Maynard and Lance Allworth. He ranked far higher as a man of courage and conviction, and it seems to me he's long overdue for his day in court. Ronnie, were his catches works of art? Ah, <laughs> very good. You are such a clever man. Yeah, what I do <laughs> know, however, clever. is we've got to go to break. So we're going to do it right now. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Wish summer would last forever? Ask Sherwin-Williams and save 30% on paints and stains during the endless summer sale, August 24th through September 4th. With colors like Picnic, Pressed Flower, and August Moon, you'll be surrounded by summer long after the leaves have changed. Your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams paint store is right around the corner. Find it at sherwinwilliams.com slash save. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. You play to win the game. Hey, Rick Gosselin. Yes, sir. You're our handsome man. You're Dr. Data. So do you know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means I should have called before our last segment. Smart man. Listen to the goose man. He is Dr. Data. Go to geico.com. You know what? Probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, there is no bigger story out there right now than what's going on in Houston where Hurricane Harvey continues to hammer the Gulf Coast with, I think last count is like over 50 inches of rain, a U.S. record. Um, Hall of Fame voter John McClain, the Houston Chronicle, who is on the senior committee that has former Oiler Robert Brazil, as well as the Packers' Jerry Kramer for the Hall's class of 2018. He's with us today. He's in Dallas with the Texans. They're there training at the Star for the Cowboys. But John's been very, very kind enough to join us. Thanks, John. My pleasure, guys. I went from uh, Houston to Cleveland, drove to Canton so I could see Rick and hang out on Thursday doing the seniors meeting. Mm -hmm. Then afterward, I drove back to Canton, flew to Houston. Next morning, I drove to New Orleans because I thought we might need a car to get back and then drove from New Orleans on Sunday afternoon to Dallas. I have been here in uh, Frisco and hanging out at the Star, the Cowboys' luxurious palace. 
<laughs> and I feel real guilty about all the people back in Houston who are suffering and have had their lives shattered. Well, John, let me ask you that question right off the bat. I mean, first of all, how are things back home? What do you hear from um, your loved ones, from your friends? What, what do you hear? Uh, I'm going to knock on wood here because my wife, where we live, she's been very fortunate. She's there with our cats, socks, and shadow, and she loaded up on cat food first, then water and food for her, and uh she's been dry no 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 not even close to flooding where we live and areas across i-10 are getting flooded and areas all over town but in the little incorporated village where i live they redid the roads put in great great drainage and i'm so thankful and i just feel terrible and i want to say that the houston chronicle um, has done a magnificent job our photographers are going all over the area in boats now boats and helicopters the only way you can get in and out of town and some of the extraordinary pictures they send, I'm just blown away, and I'm very proud to say I'm in my 42nd year at the Chronicle. It's going to, and, and I'm doing a story for tomorrow about there's been talk they should move the Jacksonville opener to Jacksonville and swap them, and I'm absolutely not. It's sports, as you guys know, specifically football in Texas, can benefit the healing process. I remember that Saints Falcons game. It's still the loudest I've ever heard a crowd. That primetime game at the Superdome. First game back. John, you've been on the road, as has the entire team, since last week. Have you seen the strain on the on the players and coaches with their wives and families back in Houston in, in the great unknown that they face, much as you have faced? Rick, it's very interesting when you bring that up. Bill O'Brien, the coach, Rick Smith, the general manager, according to players, have done a terrific job in their roles of leaders through this crisis. The Texans knew there was a possibility of a hurricane hitting the Texas coast. Wednesday, they sent a guy doing advance work to Dallas just in case, like it'd be a road trip. And then they made it, had a contingency plan to come here. They hoped they would never have to use. Then they did. And Bill O'Brien said every day they've been gone, the most important thing is to make sure that players and coaches can talk to their families. And it's not just wives and kids you know you got mamas and daddies around the country brothers and sisters and they're they're in great shape jj watt just told us and whitney merciless too we've spent so much time together it's like brings the team closer together tom savage said bill o'brien doesn't say here's what we're going to do he says what do you want to do he's putting the team and their families first and that's good I don't think anybody wanted to play this game. They should have canceled it. They should have had a couple of joint practices right here at the Ford Center where I am or maybe AT&T Stadium. It's ridiculous to play this game. Cowboys have rolled out the red carpet. The Texans can't compliment and thank enough Jerry Jones and his organization for the tremendous job they've done. And they said as soon as their advanced people got here, the Joneses had somebody from every department standing there saying, just tell us what you need. And that Texans hospitality on the part of the Cowboys has been extraordinary. Well, you mentioned J.J. Uh, Watt, and, uh, you know, he started, as you know, uh, John, this sort of effort to raise a half a million dollars. And the last time I looked, uh, it was over a million and a half dollars. I know he – I think he kicked it off with $100,000 himself. You know, have you talked to him much about that, and has he been surprised or have you been surprised by uh, the response that – that's come through with uh, with his efforts on the internet. Talk to him every day. It's just over two and a half million because Amy Adams Strunk, the Titans owner who lives just outside Houston, has been there her whole life. She gave a million. She didn't do like Bob McNair and 
Robert Kraft and donate it to a different organization. Kraft did it with the Red Cross. McNair did it with United Way of Houston. She gave it to J.J. Watt's relief efforts, which will help get more attention. And now it's over two and a half. He's going for three. He said today he's got good people. He brought his mother. He runs his foundation. He brought her in to coordinate everything. And what he wants to do is load, use that money to load up trucks, huge trucks, and load them up with supplies and take them all over Houston to where Houston's business leaders tell them they're needed the most, whether it's shelters like the George R. Brown where we were at the Super Bowl in February. And and it's tremendous because he's – and it's not just why. There have been other players who are doing that. There's radio stations. Cowboys are having a telethon here on one of the local TV stations bringing in a lot of – a former greats to help them so it's been an extraordinary effort on so many people around the state of texas and around the country and watt said we're getting donations from around the world to see people reaching out to help so many people in houston whose lives have just been destroyed we're speaking with hall of fame voter john mcclain of the houston chronicle on the talk of fame network and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on twitter at at talkoffamenet and John, I know it sounds trivial compared to what you and, and Houston are going through, um, but the senior candidates last week, as you mentioned, you were there in Canton, so was the Goose Man. You voted, so did Goose. What did you think of the two candidates that you merged with? Well, first of all, we started with 22. I think that's good. The more we can talk about, the better. Nobody comes armed with more ammunition than the Goose Man. And I think he must stay up every night for a long time coming up with all the information. And, and he is a great source of information when we're doing that. And I've got to tell you, Robert Brazil, I played outside linebacker for the Oilers. I've been presenting him every year. He keeps getting close. Two years ago, our two experts, Joel Buzzard and Franco Harris, gave him fours, the highest you could get. We took Kenny Stabler and Dick Stanfield, who just, just died. Last year was Kenny Easley when we had one. Ron Wolf said Brazil was number two. I called Ron to get him to talk about it and the thing i don't know if this put the guys over you know rick could say that now and but i tracked down lawrence taylor because kenny Houston, joe delamalier some of the other guys that played said brazil was lt before lt and i heard that taylor thought that so i i got elvin Bethay, who's in the hall of fame from the oilers to ask taylor if he would be willing to talk to me about Robert Brazil, Dr. Doom. And he said, here's my number. Tell him to call me. I texted him. I was going to call him, but he called me immediately. And some of the things he said was, I patterned my game after Robert Brazil. He inspired me to be great. He motivated me to play hard on every play like he did. He helped me be me, things like that. So I don't know if that played a role, but he impressed the heck out of me because he told me when he was young, he, he had, right when he was, was coming in the NFL, he told his agent, I want to meet Robert Brazil. And so his agent hooked him up so they could get together, and he basically just idolized Brazil. And I'm glad Robert made it. He played 10 years, never missed a play, played special teams, defense, covered. I know you guys had him on, covered really fast running backs, great tight ends in the Hall of Fame. And he was the epitome of a great outside linebacker who could do everything you wanted and he, he would have played longer but his wife cookie was killed in a car wreck and he quit immediately because they had to help he had to raise his kids and uh and plus he's just a great guy every year i would i would call him and say i'm sorry you didn't make it he was so classy and rick was there when they called him on a conference call 
to tell him he was one of the two, and he just cried like a baby. And I was trying to write a story and get a and get a <laughs> back to Cleveland so I could get home, catch my flight. I said, Robert, stop crying. I need quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Rick, I don't know why, because you know we don't talk about the individual vote. We talk about the candidates, but. Right. Why we finally put Jerry Kramer in there, and I think that's great we did, but, you know, we didn't say, okay, people think we go, okay, I'll take your guy, you take my guy, okay, we got it here, let's vote this, and that's not what we do. It's totally anonymous, and I'm glad Kramer finally got it. Not surprised he wasn't sitting by the phone waiting on the call, seeing <laughs> as he'd been passed up for so many decades. Okay, John, now that uh, Brazil is, is headed to Canton, hopefully, Who's the best player from the Oilers era not in now? That's interesting that you say that because I go way back. AFL, Charlie Hennigan, great receiver, George Blandis' favorite receiver, and then Bob Talamini, who was a great offensive lineman, made all AFL, all pro, went to the Jets. He was a mainstay on the Jets' offensive line when they upset the Colts. Bob is still alive. Charlie's still alive. I didn't cover them, so I don't feel as strongly about them as I did Robert Brazil, who I did cover. But those are the last two that I get people saying, man, how come you can't help these guys? And it's just they retired so long ago. But I think both were worthy. Hennigan may not have played enough, but he was. He may help Blanda if Blanda was still alive. He'd go on and on about what Charlie Hennigan meant to two championship teams and a third one that lost in overtime to the Dallas Texans. And, and then Bob Talamini, and he, I think a lot of people that saw him play or play against him might give him an endorsement. Hey, John, quick question for you. Amnesty 100, you good with that? We've got about 20 seconds. You good with that, opening the doors for more seniors in 2020? I'm for anything that will help more worthy senior candidates get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Perfect. John, thanks so much, as always, for the time, and good luck with everything, really, in the days and weeks ahead. Clark, Rick, and Ron, thank you guys very much for having me, and thanks for your good wishes for Houston. We do appreciate it. That was Hall of Fame voter John McLean of the Houston Chronicle. Up next, we'll sit down with Jerry Kramer. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. The better you drive, the more you save. Bears and bats, they live in a cave, but that's irrelevant here. So back to the subject we steer. Snapshot saves you money when you drive safe. I wear corduroy pants. I don't mind that they chafe. The better you drive, the more you can save. With Snapshot from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in all states or from all agents. Hey, it's Jim. I can't take your call right now. I'm digging for oil in my basement to help pay for my family's mobile bill. A little crazy, you say? <laughs> you try getting a data plan that has enough gigs for my family. And I thought braces were expensive. We definitely need a switch. Stuck in a dysfunctional family plan? Switch to Boost Best Family Plan right now and get four lines for just $25 per line, each with unlimited gigs. With Metro PCS, you only get two gigs per line for the same price. Plus, switch today and get up to four free phones, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide network. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 9 10, 17. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited data, talk, and text. Video streams optimized at up to 480p plus resolution. Music up to 500 kilobits per second and cloud gaming up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization applies during congestion. Comparison based on Metro PCS's 2 gigabyte promo plan as of 4 17 For additional details, visit their website. Free phones while supplies last. Requires port in and activation on $100 plan. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. 
Wish summer would last forever? Ask Sherwin-Williams and save 30% on paints and stains during the endless summer sale, August 24th through September 4th. With colors like Picnic, Pressed Flower, and August Moon, you'll be surrounded by summer long after the leaves have changed. Your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams paint store is right around the corner. Find it at sherwinwilliams.com save. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Hi, this is John Taffer from Bar Rescue. I've seen firsthand what restaurant owners can do with the capital to manage cash flow gaps. Cabbage is so important. Cabbage provides lines of credit of up to $150,000. Apply online and you'll get a decision right away. Withdraw funds without reapplying. I signed up and had a decision in minutes. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 small businesses from every industry. Get started at cabbage.com owner or 855-CABBAGE. That's cabbage with a K. Line of credit is subject to credit approval. See terms and conditions. When I grow up, I want to make a pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. Six dollars. It's going to be the best pizza ever. Sorry, kid. It's been done. Introducing the new Little Caesars Extra Most Bestest Pizza, a large pizza with the most cheese and the most pepperoni at the nation's best price. But my mom said... Shh! This much cheese and pepperoni is what dreams are made of. Come get a large, hot and ready, extra most bestest pizza for just six bucks, only at Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. The Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO. For just 15 minutes, can save you 15% or more in car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. And you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, I love that intro because that's Todd Rundgren, and they play that song every time the Packers score and as you should know by now, a former Packer and a former Packer great, Jerry Kramer, is one of two senior candidates for the Pro Football Hall of Fame's class of 2018. As a pulling guard, Jerry was a key component in the signature play of his era, members of the Lombardi Sweep, which helped the Green Bay Packers win five championships, including the first two Super Bowls. Back in 1969, Jerry was selected by this same Hall of Fame selection committee as the best guard in the NFL's first 50 years as well as to the 1960s NFL All-Decade team. Jerry's agreed to rejoin us this week, and, and that should be noted because it's a record third time he's been with us now as a guest to discuss the Hall of Fame, the Packers, and whatever else strikes him. Hey, Jerry, thanks so much. Congratulations, and welcome back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. What a, uh, what a wonderful sound. What a wonderful announcement. What a wonderful point in my life, Clark. Thank you very much for having me on, and thanks for the the great moment in my life. Jerry, you've been a Hall of Fame finalist 10 times previously, the last time in 1997. That was 20 years ago. Were you starting to give up hope that the process would ever come back around to you? Yeah, I kind of had uh, accepted the fact that I wasn't going to be in. Yeah, I had kind of analyzed everything and it's been quite a while and a lot of young guys coming along and a lot of great football players coming along and Maybe my time had passed, and uh, I, you know, I got my lip out a little bit uh, a couple of times, and start to, I'd get a little angry and a little hurt feelings and stuff like that. And then I'd sit down and I'd say, "Hey, fool, this game has been so good to you. If you could have dreamed or imagined a road like this when you left Sandpoint High, you would have gone schizo. You'd have been absolutely nuts." And and so you think about the game giving you so many presents and being so good to you that uh, if they don't give you one, 
So that's really okay. It's just been a wonderful ride and a wonderful experience. Exceptional people, times. uh, You've been so honored and so uh, well greeted, and the Packer fans have been so sensational. You got no bitches. You got nothing to worry about. You know, life has been good. Life has been outstanding. So shut up, quit sucking your thumb, and enjoy yourself. And uh, (laughs) that's pretty much what my my thoughts were. Well, you know, it's good you're not sucking your thumb because Terrell Owens has both thumbs in his mouth, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's actually a pretty good thing. Uh, uh, you, you know, Jerry, one of the things I'm wondering was, you know, the the Hall had a little difficulty reaching you uh, to inform you uh, that you've been nominated again. And I was wondering if, A, you knew that, that it was happening that day and, and sort of didn't want to be around, or uh, if you just were off doing other things and not thinking about it. No, I, I had heard something about it, but I had made up my mind that that was not a part of me, and I, I didn't want to put myself through the agony of not being selected again, so I just quit watching and quit listening, and, and I turned my head away, and whenever somebody would talk about it, I'd look the other way or try not to get involved with it, so I really didn't know uh, that the selection committee was meeting and that it, it was this day. And I happened to be sitting at a uh, function or a luncheon with a friend of mine, and uh, I got a call from a young guy in Kenosha, a young autograph seeker who was kind of a memorabilia memorabilia guy, a kid named Chad Ovett, and he said, congratulations. I said, for what? He said, your nomination. I said, to what? And uh, he said, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I said, are you kidding me? And uh, so we chatted a bit, and I put my phone down and looked at the messages and saw a message from uh, Mr. Baker. And I thought, oh, boy, you know, I haven't got this call before. (laughs) So uh, I called him, and uh, you guys, of course, were there, and Art and Carl Eller and whatnot. And uh, it was surreal for me to actually be on the phone and, in the quiet of my evenings, I would let my mind wander from time to time, and I could imagine what uh, it would be like to have Mr. Davis, Mr. Baker call, or maybe get your name up in the Packer Ring of Honor. You never mentioned it to anybody, and you never, it never got beyond your dreams. But they were there, and they were still alive, but weak, and so it was a. It was a wonderful call, and, a, and a, it's been a wonderful few days here with so many great calls coming in from from Florida to the Yukon. I got a, a call from Yukon Jim up at <laughs> north of Anchorage, uh, and he's the most northernmost Packer bar in America, and he is a big fan of the Green Bay Packers and mine, and so he was he was going schizo. He was uh, so tickled and so happy for me, which was the general tone of all the calls that you, you know you couldn't help but smile and enjoy it. We're with former Green Bay star and now 2018 Hall of Fame finalist Jerry Kramer on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at talkoffamenet. And and Jerry, you heard me recite. Your resume at the beginning, you're, you were the, a member of the 50th anniversary team, all decade, 1960s, all pro teams, all, all, uh, all star team, all NFL teams. 
And you heard Gru say, you've been nominated 10 times previously. Why do you think you're not already in the Hall of Fame? I mean, why haven't you been, why do you think you weren't admitted like 30 years ago? I mean, that resume is bulletproof. And you were on championship teams. You know, I've, I was, we've been chewing on that and wondering about things here. And somebody suggested that there might be a nomination Hall of Fame. And that if I didn't make the NFL Hall of Fame, maybe I would make the nomination Hall of Fame. <laughs> with, <laughs> with so many nominations, it would think that I'd be a shoe-in. <laughs> be the first guy in. <laughs> so, so, so I, you know, I've wondered that question, and I've asked that question a number of times to a number of people. And, uh, and it seems to come down to the fact that there were a lot of Packers in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, and I had an incredible bunch of teammates, and all of them deserved to be there. You look at Horning and Taylor and Starr, uh, probably the best backfield maybe that ever. Uh, Forrest Gregg is a great football player. Um, Bob Skaransky maybe next on the last list because he was a whale of a player, and then we got Robbie and Willie Davis and Henry Jordan and uh, Wood and Adderley and, you know, just a tremendous number of our guys are in the Hall of Fame, and they should be because it was, you know, our records indicated that we were a pretty dominant football team in the 60s, and, and we, of course, we had the main man. Uh, the, the, I'm going to call him the spark adjuster or the, the fire. You know, we had a fairly decent set of physical capabilities, speed, size, and general intelligence and all of that, but he put the fire and the, the burn, the drive, the hunger, the want, the need, the extra. He, he gave us that extra dimension, and that's what took us down the field 65 yards in the last few minutes of the ice bowl. That's what did so much for us during the nine years he was there is that fire he lit in us, and I think that's what set us apart. So we had a great bunch of guys and, 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 and plus I'm a guard, you know, who's, what did he play? He was a guard. <laughs> oh. right. My mama didn't know what I was doing out there most of the time. Right. <laughs> and so if, if you're an offensive lineman, you hope that you never hear your name. You don't want to be offside. You don't want to be, what you get noticed for is offsides and holding and other stupid mistakes. Right. So if you never hear your name, you've had a heck of a day. So we kind of go through life like that. We're that kind of person, I guess, to begin with. And so we uh, we uh, like anonymity, and, and and we're comfortable with it. So uh, and you're happy for anything, you know. The quarterback will throw you a bone every once in a while, and you're tickled to death that he remembers you're on his team. And uh, same with the running backs. Uh, Although Paul Harding has really been great for me. He's been in my corner, and he's been backing me, and uh, he's, he's just been one of my biggest boosters. So great players, great coach, great team, awful lot of great guys, and finally maybe Jerry gets to join them. Jerry, there's an iconic Sports Illustrated cover photo of you carrying Lombardi off the field on your shoulders after the first Super Bowl. What was your relationship with Lombardi? That was Super Bowl II, okay. and that was his his last game in Miami. And I think uh, our relationship was 
emotional. He he uh, expected great things of me, and I didn't initially. And he finally let me know one day that he thought I could be an exceptional ball player and that I needed some fire, and he lit my candle, and he got me really going. But I think the, the and a, a glimpse into our relationship was after the ice bowl. Uh, I had the, leading up to the ice bowl, we had an article in Esquire magazine that was a real hatchet piece, and they made fun of Coach Lombardi's strutting around with his chest stuck out like a pigeon, and he reminds you of Mussolini, and really a nasty article. And I had heard that Coach Lombardi's mother was upset and crying because of the article. She just was really affected by it. And I made up my mind that if I had a chance at the, the microphone that I'd say something that would give her a little ease. And as luck would have it, I was called to the microphone and Tommy Brookshire says, Jerry, uh, what about Coach Lombardi? There's a lot of controversy about this guy, and how do you feel about him? How does the team feel about him? And I said, Brookie, people don't know Coach Lombardi. They don't understand him. They have no idea who he is or what he's all about. We know him, we understand him, and we love him. And this is one beautiful man. And that kind of come out of the north part of my brain somewhere, but he was a beautiful man in terms of manhood, in terms of masculinity, in terms of character, in terms of the achievement in life, the paying the price to make things happen. And he came up to me like Wednesday after that and uh, trying to say thank you. And he was really a kind of a shy guy. He, he put his arm, hand on my arm and he looked at my eyes, and he'd look down at his hand, and he'd look in my eyes, and he'd look down. He did that three or four times. And finally, he said uh, in a very soft voice, that was really a nice thing you did, Jerry. Thank you. <laughs> so I uh, I had a difficult time with him at times uh, when he expected more than I thought I had. But when I discovered that I had more and that he knew that and that he had made me a better ball player and ultimately he made me a better human being, then I grew to love him and I grew to respect him and I have a great admiration for him. Well, Jerry, you're one guy we've got a great admiration for as well. Thanks so much for the time and best of luck reaching Canton in 2018. We mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Appreciate all the support over the years. Appreciate your help. Thank you. Thanks, Jerry. You got it, Jerry. That was former Packers guard Jerry Kramer, one of two senior candidates for the Pro Football Hall of Fame's class of 2018. Up next, well, up next, it's the two-minute drill. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Wish summer would last forever? Ask Sherwin-Williams and save 30% on paints and stains during the endless summer sale, August 24th through September 4th. With colors like Picnic, Pressed Flower, and August Moon, you'll be surrounded by summer long after the leaves have changed. Your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams paint store is right around the corner. Find it at sherwinwilliams.com slash save. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. 
This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Goslin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. Well, Geico's a winner. Talk of Fame Network sponsored by Geico. Just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, I know what that means. It means we're going to our two-minute drill. Brought to you by Burger King Breakfast. So, guys, let's roll. Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Little, Raymond Floyd, or Floyd the Barber? I'll go with Mr. Barnon, William Floyd. <laughs> well, I've been on vacation for two weeks. I'm feeling a little shaggy, so Floyd the Barber is the guy I need. True or false? Blake Bortles is the Jags' starting quarterback in Week 17. True. Right now, there's no better option. <laughs> True. Sadly for Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone. What's your message to Denver fans who think Pat Bowling got jobbed by the Contributor Committee? When it's time for Pat Bowling to enter the Hall of Fame, he'll enter, and not before then. Uh, my message is it took him 13 years to win a championship with John Elway, so calm down. <laughs> hey, what impact does the Julian Edelman injury have on the Patriots? Just as Edelman became Wes Welker, Danny Amendola will become Julian Edelman. Well, Brady's winning percentage is 80, 818 with Edelman and 684 without him. Impact, I imagine there'll be some. The Chargers, that'd be the L.A. Chargers, fired their equipment manager after he spent 39 years with them and moved to L.A. Why? Because the Chargers not only lack a clue, they lack any compassion. Smelly socks? <laughs> <laughs> when does Andrew Luck play for the Colts? Halloween. <laughs> not soon enough to save Chuck Pagano's ass. Speaking of quarterbacks, how concerned should the Ravens be about Joe Flacco? As concerned as any financier should be with a $120 million investment. I don't know, the last couple years I was concerned about him even when he was healthy, which he now isn't. Hey, take your pick here, guys. The Colin Kaepernick protest at league headquarters, A, hurt his chances for playing this season, B, helped them, C, neither, or D, gets him in the next Spike Lee film. C, neither. Unless he's applying for a job in the league office, it was silly to stage a rally there. E, none. After a guy named Keith Winning, who hasn't thrown a pass in, in a game in four years, and that was for Ball State, got a job. This guy is D-O-A. Poland swims with the fishes. <laughs> Time's up, Ron. Hey, Robert Kraft gave A-Rod and J-Lo a plane lift to Las Vegas for the Mayweather fight. Where was Ron? I'm guessing he was on the Mayweather plane. <laughs> I was never on a plane with any of those people, but I've often been low, just not J-Lo. <laughs> a good place to be. Hey, that's the end of our first hour, but stay where you are. Coming up, we have Hall of Fame voter Jeff Legwell to talk about the contributors in 2018 candidate Bobby Beathard and Patriots running back James White to talk about what else? Super Bowl 51. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Stan White. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Neanderings. Oh, man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. I scored some big savings, and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. You know what doesn't make sense? If a car is called a horseless carriage, why isn't a motorcycle called a horseless horse? Hmm. Maybe it would just be adding insult to injury for the out-of-work horses. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. Hi, Tom Bodet. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat-screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. 
Jim. I can't take your call right now. I'm digging for oil in my basement to help pay for my family's mobile bill. A little crazy, you say? <laughs> you try getting a data plan that has enough gigs for my family. And I thought braces were expensive. We definitely need a switch. Stuck in a dysfunctional family plan? Switch to Boost Best Family Plan right now and get four lines for just $25 per line, each with unlimited gigs. With Metro PCS, you only get two gigs per line for the same price. Plus, switch today and get up to four free phones, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide network. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 9 10, 17. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited data, talk, and text. Video streams optimized at up to 480p plus resolution. Music up to 500 kilobits per second and cloud gaming up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization applies during congestion. Comparison based on Metro PCS's 2 gigabyte promo plan as of 4 17 For additional details, visit their website. Free phones while supplies last. Requires port in and activation on $100 plan. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. You are listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Put this thing on, because it's getting ready to be on. With Ron Borges. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh. Rick Gosselin. No, 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 there's two O's in Goose Boy. And Clark Judge. Hold the wrong hold the wrong The Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. Probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Hey, guys, uh, I'll tell you someone who's not holding the rope these days, though he might be holding a walker, a cane, maybe a pair of crutches, and that's New England wide receiver Julian Edelman. He was, as you know, uh, hurt last week, suffered a torn ACL that's going to sideline him for the season. Right, Ron? Season? Yes, sir. Not for the year. And, yes, I think that's a big deal to the Patriots and fantasy football fans everywhere, Ronnie. Well, you're right. I mean, he was the quintessential third-down receiver for them. He had 38 Third down conversions last year. The next closest receiver had 12. And Brady talked to this week about how much of a comfort he had with him and, and would go to him in the most difficult circumstances. Now he's got to find another go-to guy, and that's not always as easy as you would think. Well, as a smart man once told me, tough times, Ron. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. Oh, wait a minute. That was Julian Edelman. I've been working with you for how many years now? Some tough times are just endless. They go on, on <laughs> that and on. Julian Edelman on his Twitter account. Anyway, hey, Goose, uh, you included him on this week's poll, which we've got, um, and it's a good one, which we've got on our website, talkoffamenetwork.com. Essentially, you choose which preseason in- injury, and I'm talking about uh, our listeners, our voters out there. They choose which preseason injury is going to have the greatest impact on this season. And you got plenty of choices. Yes, sir. The Dolphins are without their starting quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. Both the Bears and Patriots will be without their leading receivers. Seattle's missing its left tackle, the blindside protector, Russell Wilson. The Redskins lost a nine-sack chunk of their pass rush. And the Chiefs are a running team now without their top ball carrier. August was cruel to a lot of teams. Thus, this poll. Well, Goose, this, of course, is going to raise the annual question as to why starters play meaningless preseason games, except... Well, except they're really not meaningless. I mean, you have to get some work in. you got to get some hitting done, some timing down, whatever. And football is a, a violent game. And, and lastly, I mean, this was a non-contact injury. Cut the preseason in half. Give each team one road game, one home game. The starters will play the first quarter in one game, a half in another. We are steaming toward an 18-game schedule. Look, these guys need to play preseason games, exhibition games like the man in the moon. As I recall, a guy named Emmett Smith sat cool on his heels in Florida early into the season, came in and was rookie of the year, and we got a million examples. Of that. Walter Jones took four <laughs> years off every summer. See you later. Well, All anyway, Ju- Julian Edelman, best of luck with that rehab and with Ron. And, guys, we're off to the Hall of Fame contributors where we had our class of 2018 choice last week. We'll talk more about that when we return here on the Talk Fame Network. 
Wish summer would last forever? Ask Sherwin-Williams and save 30% on paints and stains during the endless summer sale, August 24th through September 4th. With colors like Picnic, Pressed Flower, and August Moon, you'll be surrounded by summer long after the leaves have changed. Your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams paint store is right around the corner. Find it at sherwinwilliams.com save. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. What the hell are we waiting on? Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Do you want it or not? Rick Gosselin. Do you understand there's a price to pay? And Clark Judge. Can we have fun? You're damn right. I demand that we have fun. Hey, Ron Borges. Yes, sir. You know what it means when Geico says 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? means if I was on the phone 15 minutes ago, I could be partying hardy as soon as I get off with you. Smart man. <laughs> Listen to Ron Borges. Go to Geico.com. And you know what? You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Hey, uh, we addressed the senior nominees in the first half of the show. And now, well, now it's time to move on to the contributors. Or in the case of the class of 2018, that would be the contributor. And that's Bobby Bethard former GM of the Washington Redskins and San Diego Chargers. That's the news, at least for most of the country. It's everywhere outside of Denver. Um, there, however, <laughs> it's that the news is that someone other than Broncos owner Pat Bowling got in, and we'll speak with Hall of Fame voter Jeff Legwell, who's from Denver, about that soon. But for now, let's concentrate, guys, on what happened, not what didn't. Uh, I was there in the room, and the conversation I thought was as complete and reasoned as any have been around. I've been in that room for three of the four. Uh, and contrary to what you hear in Denver, I thought it was fair, too. So, Goose, I'll start with you. Bobby Bethard, like the choice or not? Love it. Worthy candidate. When I looked at the slate, I thought he was the logical selection. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't think the committee would come out with an owner three straight years, which worked against Bowlin. I didn't think the committee would come out with consecutive Cowboys, and that worked against Gil Brandt. So I thought this spot would be between Bobby Beathard and George Young, and I had no problem with Bobby. He played an integral part in the personal evaluation of four franchises reaching Super Bowls. Okay, Ron, how about you? Mixed feelings. I don't have any problem uh, with Bobby, per se. Uh, my problem is I, I just think that the Contributor committee needs to start spreading a wider net of their definition of contributors. You know, is it just going to be general managers, owners, owners, general managers, general managers, owners, owners, general managers? I mean, you know, what about uh, referees? What about the guy mm -hmm. who invented oh. instant replay? Uh, you know, if Mark McNally was on the slate, he was on the slate, he was up. Yeah, he was on the slate. Like I'm on the slate. Every, well, you know, for Hall of Fame right <laughs> he, I've been on the he slate made a cut. He, he made a cut in the room. Yeah, well, you know, it's, 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 you either you either on the wall or you're not, right, Gooseman? And. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, Ron. <laughs> right. Well, listen, and I'm I, not, yeah. in case anybody's wondering. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard the Denver complaints, so have you guys, but let's be honest. The, the Goose Man, I thought, is absolutely dead on, uh, perfect on this thing like he normally is. Uh, there's, I just, there was no way we could have emerged with another owner. I mean, that would have made it three straight years with an owner as a contributor candidate. And as one Hall of Famer told me, I mean, th this isn't the owner's category. It's the contributor's category. And, Ron, you're probably right. We need to cast a wider net, and 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 I think that played a role in, in Pat Bowen not making it. But there's also how about Ed this. Garvey? How about Ed Garvey? He wasn't on we, the he wasn't on the no, list. No, I know he no. wasn't. But are we going to do to the uh, to the union what baseball did to Marvin Miller, which is absurd that he's not in the Hall of Fame? He has as much to change baseball as anybody in history. And Garvey, well, that's up that's up to the voters, I and mean, the voters Ryan, have got to uh, nominate him. We got about twenty eight other owners to get in first. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. But I was going right? to say this. I mean, you know, there's this about Bobby Beathard. He and, and not Pat Bowen was the next man up 
in each of the first three years. Goose knows. I mean, he was in there as well. Um, he's been on the doorstep as the next guy for the last three years. So the, the cue simply moved along to me, Goose, as it should have. Yeah, the guy was a scout for the Chiefs in 66. That team went to the first Super Bowl. He moved to the Falcons, 68, had a hand in drafting Hall of Famer Claude Humphrey. Moved to the Dolphins, 72, as personal director. That team has a perfect season, wins back-to-back Super Bowls. Becomes a GM of the Redskins, three more Super Bowls. Goes to the tar- Chargers as GM, takes a team that had never been to a Super Bowl to a Super Bowl. He was the most deserving candidate on the slate. That's why he was the nominee. Yeah, and, and the Chargers have not been back to a Super Bowl since, by the way. Not been back to San Diego either. That's <laughs> true. That's because somebody drafted Ryan Lee. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Here we go. Well, go ahead, Ron. Sorry. But, Sorry, I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> okay, Mr. Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Right. Wow. Hey, if they had put him in his proper position, nose tackle, he'd still be in the league. <laughs> well, uh, my guess is that Bobby should be a popular choice with voters, at least most voters, other than Ron. Um, you guys agree? Ron, I'll start with you. Do you agree with with, with the that roommate's got to get 80% of the vote? Yeah, no, look, I mean, I think he's going to be very popular. He'll get my vote. I'm not saying that, that, that he doesn't isn't a deserving nominee. Again, I, I just think that the, the, the net's got to be cast out there wider in this contributors committee or... Or, or you really have to start asking yourself, what are we doing? Um, but but a Bobby himself, you know, I, I don't think there's too many people would question, uh, you know, his credentials. And I think he probably gets in on, uh, you know, on a roller skates, but on uh, ice skates. Surfboard, ice skates. Yeah, surfboard. There you go. <laughs> exactly right. Who's man? Ron, I'm, I'm guessing it's all going to hinge on Clark's presentation. <laughs> well, well, that, I feel well, there's so much for that candidacy. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on from that, hey, Goose, I also believe Pat Boland and maybe someone like former GM George Young, I believe they will emerge as leading candidates for the class of 2019. You'll probably be in there. You agree with that, too? Yeah, I think he'll be an owner and a personal guy. And if the Patriots win the Super Bowl this season, giving Bob Kraft a sixth ring, I think the debate between Bowl yeah, and Kraft right. will become pretty salty next August. Yep. Well, I think we're all agreed that there's one guy we want to hear from, and no, it's not Bob Kraft, and that's our Ron Borges with this week's Borges or Bogus. Brought to you by Motel 6. Log on to motel6.com. And Ron, yes, Ron Borges. We'll leave the lights on for you. Ron, what do you got? Defenders of the Lost Causes, once again, if Fontes Burfecht was guilty of anything when he knocked down Chiefs fullback Anthony Sherman last week on a crossing route, was of having a bad reputation. What he was not guilty of, however, was violating newly rewritten Rule 12, Section 2, Article 7, Subparagraph A, Subparagraph 2. Take a breath. To say otherwise is completely bogus. The new rule is designed to protect defenseless backs and receivers from hits, quote-unquote, from the side or behind. Well, fine. The problem here is Burfecht ran straight down the hash mark and hit the guy in the chest. Now, unless Sherman's chest is anatomically different than everyone else's, he didn't get hit from the side or behind. Second, the defender is prohibited from hitting a defenseless receiver in the head or neck area or with the crown of his helmet. Unless Burfecht was wearing his helmet on his shoulder, which he was not, or Sherman's chest is now classified as his neck, which wasn't even the case for Walt No Neck Williams, the suggestion of a violation there is bogus. Defenders also can't hit a receiver beyond five yards of the line of scrimmage. Fine, unless four comes before five because Burfecht didn't do that either. Lastly, the defender cannot launch himself into the receiver. Burfecht's right foot is clearly firmly planted on the ground as he hits Sherman. Even the North Koreans finally figured out you can't have a launch if the missile stays on the launching pad. Walt Coleman's refereeing crew did not call a penalty because none, of, none was committed. 
Yet someone went, whoa, because the receiver actually got hit, and the league's response is the threat, a threatening five-game suspension. When Burfick appealed, they had a former wide receiver, James Thrash, hear it. Bogus. Wonder where his sympathies lie. But what was Burfick guilty of to even face potentially losing a third of his season? Two things. He's got a well-earned bad reputation after being fined $291,000 for flagrantly ignoring the rules in the past and losing over $800,000 in paychecks. We all know prior count, priors count under the rule of suspicion. But don't you have to commit a crime before they hang you? Second, the league wants a game that is politically correct in today's concussion-obsessed world when the truth is football is a street fight with pads. There's more to it than that, of course, but that's the fundamental tension, and it worsens when the players are artificially enhanced as nearly every pro now is. Mass times speed equals ouch. I think Einstein said that, or maybe it was Lombardi. Either way, Fontes Perfect deserves watching, no question. He's out of second chances. But he didn't do a damn thing but run in a straight line and hit a potential receiver within the kill zone with a shoulder to the chest. You shouldn't face a suspension for that when the only rule that it's against is the one that says, thou shalt not prevent pass completions in today's NFL, lest aptly named fantasy fans start watching golf. So, Ron, how does a player shake a bad reputation? Well, I think in some cases it's, it's impossible. Uh, Jack Tatum lived it. You know, Ben Davidson lived it. And Perfect is now living it. Uh, you know, usually if you get those reputations, you've d- you've done a lot uh, d- to deserve it, and Burfecht certainly has. But the unfortunate thing is sometimes guys have to, in, in, in management, have to have courage enough to say, wait a minute, okay, he's a bad guy, but he wasn't a bad guy in this case. You know what? If that was a penalty, then you want to suspend somebody, suspend the referee who and, and his whole crew if they missed a call that's such uh, an egregious offense that you're going to lose a third of your season. Suspend that officiating crew. They're that's, not going to do a, that. That's a nice defense, Ron, except Alberto Riveron, the head of NFL officiating, he said Burfecht violated two different rules. I don't like his chance. He didn't write to violate any of those. That is baloney in the video, and the video clearly shows. One of the ones he anyway, said was hitting him with a crown of the head. That's he gonna didn't hit do him it. Up next, it's target practice with Hall of Fame voter Jeff Lake, all the VSPN.com. Guess what? We're the targets. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, this is Vince Papali from Invincible, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. An invincible team for sure. Wish summer would last forever? Ask Sherwin-Williams and save 30% on paints and stains during the endless summer sale, August 24th through September 4th. With colors like Picnic, Pressed Flower, and August Moon, you'll be surrounded by summer long after the leaves have changed. Your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams paint store is right around the corner. Find it at sherwinwilliams.com save. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Just a reminder, Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO. Where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. And you know what? You probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, as promised, Hall of Fame voter Jeff Legwell from ESPN.com and Denver is back to try and explain why Pat Bolin and Randy Gratishar didn't get Hall of Fame nominations by the contributors and or senior committees. Now, Jeff is a member of the senior committee, though he wasn't in Kent last week, and he can be, and probably was, maybe is, the target of outraged Broncos fans who don't understand exactly what happened. Hey, Leggy, uh, here's hoping you and we can help out there. No, it's uh, – uh, I think the Bolin one is uh, 
you know, there's always touch points among the fan bases, especially when it comes to the Hall of Fame. I think when folks, folks in Denver and around the Broncos, when they sort of started seeing owners going in, you know, Eddie DeBartolo, then uh, Jerry Jones, and then, you know, I think they honestly believed, uh, you know, sort of the timing was right and all of this, that, that Pat Bowen would get his turn this year. And then, you know, on, on the emotional level, you know, everybody knows here that Pat Bowen is, is battling Alzheimer's disease. He's not around the team day to day anymore. And I think all of that plays into, you know, Hey, when is Pat Bowen getting in the hall of fame? So that, that one was uh, met with a little, uh, a lot of emotion, I, I should say. And, you know, and that's, you know, that's, that's what fan bases are in the hall of fame. I tell people all the time that if the hall of fame wasn't such a sort of life changing event, you know, it wouldn't be so emotional, but, but people see what it is and how important it is to people. And it, it's easy to get really sort of emotionally invested into if it happens or doesn't happen. Did you get much uh, blowback this year uh, that, that Gratishar didn't come out of the senior committee? I know that's sort of a flashpoint for a lot of uh, Broncos fans and even Broncos uh, personnel. Or has that kind of drifted away a little bit? once he moved from the regular pool into the senior pool? Well, no, nah, Ron, I, I, you know, that Gratishar is one of those, you know, touchstone players for, especially of uh, fans from that era, you know, the pre, you know, mostly the, you know, there's two, two kinds of fans in Denver, essentially, you know, BE before Elway and after Elway. <laughs> and, and I think Randy was kind of that bridge sort of player for folks. You know, he, he's kind of got both groups, recognize what he did and and kind of are sort of invested in that way so uh he's a player i i hear an awful lot about you know i know that green bay folks in green bay and even those of us on the committee have often heard from jerry kramer you know people wanting jerry kramer in the hall of fame before you know this year's selection as a finalist and I, i think locally here randy's the player i hear a lot about because you see Randy around town all the time. You know, I see him at almost every Bronco game and, you know, he's, he's a visible guy in the community. So, you know, and often people will interview Joe Collier, the former defensive coordinator here. And I, I think there's a general level of frustration, honestly, that, uh, and I think John Tunney has, has a chart, but I, I've, I've done a chart and have a chart that, of the defenses of that era, the signature defenses, you know, the Broncos orange crush is second only to the Steelers. If you take it to like 20 different statistical categories over an extended period of time. And that defense has no players in the hall of fame. And I think that's an enormous piece of frustration for, for local folks, especially, you know, people who are sitting in the seats in that era. Jeff, you're on the committee. You've been in the room. Does Gratishar ever get in? You know, I think people have to decide what they think of the the tackle numbers. You know, I've you know you've got sections of the of his career where his average tackle number is over 200 for a season, and I think people have a hard time with that. That's that's a big number to wrap your head around. I, you know, I will say that I've met with. In the past, you know, Stan Jones is no longer alive, but I met with Stan when he was, and 
and I've met with Joe Collier, and those were the two guys who charted those games uh, for those statistics, and they were always adamant that they did it, you know, on the up and up and, and swore that they told the truth on this and that it was just as dominant. So I, I think if people can look or settle in their own minds what they think of the tackle numbers, I think he can get in. You know, I think he's, you know, he's a, he was a defensive player of the year. He was an all-decade player. He never missed a game. And he's got all of the earmarks, you know, of a Hall of Famer on a lot of levels. And, again, I, I think at some point my personal belief is, you know, the doomsday defense has – is represented in the Hall of Fame. The Purple People Eaters are the Fearsome Foursome. I mean, the Steel Curtain. It's all represented in Canton, and I do believe that the Orange Crush is in that conversation somewhere, and that Louis Wright or Randy Gratishar or even, you know, in the later years, Carl Mecklenburg. I think those are all worthy discussions at some point. We're speaking with Hall of Fame voter Jeff Legwald from ESPN.com on the Talk of Fame Network. And you can find us on the web at TalkOfFameNetwork.com or on Twitter at, at TalkOfFameNet. And, Leggy, I want to go back to, to Boland for a second. Um, a, you said that people in and around the Broncos thought the timing was right for an owner to get in. And yet the, the timing, it seems to me, was wrong just because we brought out two owners the past two years. It was going to make it so difficult to bring out an owner for the third straight year. Uh, a, I, I don't know why they didn't understand that. Uh, and then B, I, I want to know, are, are people there more upset that, that Bobby got the nod over Pat uh, or that it just seemed like the deck was stacked in Bobby's favor? And I mean, seemed, I mean, saying seemed because I was in that room. And so it appeared that he would almost certainly get the nod over Pat. Well, you know, I think, you know, when the, when the picture went on Twitter with, with Charlie Casserly in the room. Now, that's obviously a flashpoint, you know, for people. But, I, you know, I explained to people here, I went on the radio here and said, I've, I've been in the seniors meeting when Floyd Little has discussed Randy Gratishar. I mean, this is, this is a common thing in the process. And I've talked, and I told people here, I've talked to Charlie Casserly about Pat Bowen, and he's a, he's a big supporter. And I don't think that had any impact on it at all. That's been my... You know, that's been my thought here, and that's what I've told people here. You know, this notion that you're going to find two consultants who've had no contact with anybody on the list, I think is a pipe dream. I mean, what were there, 22 names on the senior list that were discussed? And guys like Bucko Kilroy worked in Gil Brandt, know and, or knew and worked with everybody. So, I mean, I just don't, you know, in a, in a, in sort of a vocation as small as pro football, you're not going to have this, you know, totally didn't have any contact with anybody on the list. That's just not feasible. And I told people here, they, the consultants don't vote. And they're not in there for the final discussions. I mean, I, I think that's what troubled people. But, you know, that's the way social media is now. It's, right. it's instantaneous reaction, and you get to type as many exclamation points as you can fit in there. And... <laughs> You know, I, I just think that that's, you know, I think this just just part of it now. And you know, before that emotion would have been around the water cooler, but now the world is is the water cooler. Everybody knows what everybody thinks. <laughs> that's true. Well, as you know, Leggy, you know me pretty well, and far be it for me to ever be the kind of guy who would stir the pot trying to get going in any way, you know. But I was just kind of wondering, uh, does, to use my father's expression, does it chap your ass that the Houston Oilers have seven guys in the Hall of Fame? and haven't won a championship since Billy Cannon went to the Raiders, and the 
Denver has five uh, Super Bowl appearances and this tremendous defense from the 70s, and, and they only have five guys in the Hall of Fame. Well, I mean, you, they've got eight Super Bowl appearances. So, yeah, it's, uh, it does chap my posterior a little bit. <laughs> <Keister>. <laughs> no, and you know, and, and I think that's part of the bowling argument. You know, that, I'm not sure anybody else is, would have a 30-year run and would have more Super Bowls appearances than losing seasons you know that's the part that frustrates people here I think people feel like if Pat Bolin or Randy Gratishaw or Carl Mecklenburg or Louie Wright had done what they'd done you know east of the Mississippi that maybe the road would be different I you know I don't I've spent an awful lot of time in this town talking to people about I don't I don't sense that people consciously say I'm going to go in there and vote for you know no broncos i just think it's it's just part of the process to get the information out there and and deal with it you know but but there has been a lot of success here and i I think the list of teams that have gone to seven eight nine super bowls is pretty short and i I think you've you know the the patriots we don't know if they're underrepresented yet because that cycle hasn't worked through you know their titles have been too soon to know if they're going to be underrepresented or not. But, you know, they have no one from the Orange Crush defense in the Hall of Fame is, I think, is a pretty big omission to me because I think they fit with those other defenses. And, you know, uh, you know, and just even, you know, I think here, too, you, people look at the Raiders and the Chiefs and say, well, you know, the Broncos should have at least that many or more given the Super Bowls, but, you know, again, I, I like to say, too, every every team's got five what they would call no-brainers or travesties that should be in the Hall of Fame, and you do five times 32, and suddenly the math is pretty ugly. <laughs> hey, Jeff, I'm doing the math with our time. We're out of it. So uh, thanks so much. Really appreciate it, and we'll see you down the road. Thanks, fellas. That was Hall of Fame voter Jeff Legwell of ESPN.com. Up next, we're going to hear from a guy who had a Hall of Fame game the last time we saw him. That would be Patriots running back James White. He's coming up here on the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, this is George Coons, and I'm proud to be on the Talk of Fame Network. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, just log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software that can clean up what may be slowing your computer down. That's MyCleanPC.com. This is Harry Carson, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Talk of Fame Network is also brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Hey, this is Jerry Kramer from the Green Bay Packers, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. The better you drive, the more you save. Bears and bats, they live in a cave, but that's irrelevant here. So back to the subject we steer. Snapshot saves you money when you drive safe. I wear corduroy pants. I don't mind that they chafe. The better you drive, the more you can save. With Snapshot from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in all states or from all agents. Hey, it's Jim. I can't take your call right now. I'm digging for oil in my basement to help pay for my family's mobile bill. A little crazy, you say? (laughs) You try getting a data plan that has enough gigs for my family. And I thought braces were expensive. We definitely need a switch. 
stuck in a dysfunctional family plan? Switch to Boost Best Family Plan right now and get four lines for just $25 per line, each with unlimited gigs. With Metro PCS, you only get two gigs per line for the same price. Plus, switch today and get up to four free phones, all on the fast and reliable Sprint Nationwide network. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy to save. Offer ends 9-10-17. Requires one line to port in. Lines include unlimited data, talk, and text. Video streams optimized at up to 480p plus resolution. Music up to 500 kilobits per second and cloud gaming up to 2 megabits per second. Data deprioritization applies during congestion. Comparison based on Metro PCS's 2 gigabyte promo plan as of 425-17. For additional details, visit their website. Free phones while supplies last. Requires port in and activation on $100 plan. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. Wish summer would last forever? Ask Sherwin-Williams and save 30% on paints and stains during the endless summer sale, August 24th through September 4th. With colors like Picnic, Pressed Flower, and August Moon, you'll be surrounded by summer long after the leaves have changed. Your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams paint store is right around the corner. Find it at sherwinwilliams.com save. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. Hi, this is John Taffer from Bar Rescue. I've seen firsthand what restaurant owners can do with the capital to manage cash flow gaps. Cabbage is so important. Cabbage provides lines of credit of up to $150,000. Apply online and you'll get a decision right away. Withdraw funds without reapplying. I signed up and had a decision in minutes. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 small businesses from every industry. Get started at cabbage.com slash owner or 855-CABBAGE. That's cabbage with a K. Line of credit is subject to credit approval. See terms and conditions. Hi, Tom Bodet, trying to align my chakras around this hot yoga thing. Yep, they finally found a way to make working out even more uncomfortable. Well, at least with Motel 6, you've got one less thing to sweat. They've got clean, comfortable, and now completely updated rooms at a great low price. So the only thing you're stretching is your dollar. Sounds like my kind of place to namaste. I'm Tom Bodet, and we'll leave the light and the AC on for you. Book online at motel6.com. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Well, as anyone who's ever played sports knows, uh, every athlete's told, he'll never know when his time may come. Yeah, that's true. But when that time came to New England's James White, he was ready, and he took advantage of it. James was coming off his most productive regular season last year when he entered Super Bowl 51 as the Patriots' most productive third down back. But in that game, well, in that game, he became the every down back, setting a Super Bowl record 14 receptions and 20 points, including an overtime touchdown run that ended the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history and brought New England its fifth Super Bowl championship. Now, James is entering his fourth season in New England with a new contract, a place in football history, and now, best of all, a seat here at the Talk of Fame Network. Hey, James, thanks so much for joining us. No problem. James, there have only been two overtime games played for the NFL Championship. Wisconsin running back scored game-winning touchdown in both. First, of course, was Alan the Horse Amici in 1958 when the uh, Colts beat the Giants. And then James Sweetfeet White last February for the Patriots. So I'm wondering, who had the better nickname and how much do you know about Alan Amici? I'll have to vote for myself as a better nickname. And I know a lot about Alan Amici. Uh, he's a guy I talk about a lot at Wisconsin. He pictures up everywhere, his name's up everywhere, so you get to see his name everywhere and get to know him a little bit. 
If I had told you when you first came to the Patriots that, you know, in a couple of years here, you're going to join Alan Amici as the only two running backs to ever win the, the NFL championship by scoring an overtime touchdown, would you have looked at me like I was insane? Uh, or what would you have, what thought would have sort of crushed I know that was like you normally look at Ron. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely probably would look surprised. Uh, I mean, you dream about it as a kid. Uh, not that often you get to live that opportunity, but uh, definitely an amazing feeling to win with my teammates. James, Josh McDaniels, your offensive coordinator, has said many of the plays you ran in that Super Bowl, they'd never practiced with you in them, but that you, quote, knew what to do. Was there any nervousness when you kept calling your number for plays that you hadn't really practiced running? Uh, no, I mean, I just try and pay attention um, to all the details of the, maybe the receiving routes with the linemen have to do and whatnot, uh, just trying to learn the offense as a whole. So if they happen to call something in the game, I'm prepared for it and just have confidence in my what I have to do and confidence in my abilities. We're speaking with New England running back and Super Bowl hero James White on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at talkoffamenet. And James, how long did it take for you, going back to that game, Super Bowl 51, how long did, you, did it take you to realize what you'd accomplished that day against Atlanta? I mean, we're sitting in the press box looking at each other going, you've got to be kidding me. And, and, and how difficult was it to just stay in the moment when all of that was going on, the sort of avalanche of points, and you're getting closer and closer, and not start thinking, you know what? Yeah, this is pretty cool. This is pretty neat. I mean, it wasn't difficult to stay in the moment. Uh, I think everybody on our team was locked in. Uh, excited to have the opportunity um, to try and inch closer and closer to, to making it a game, and eventually we did. Uh, the guys were just playing their hearts up. And, I mean, guys are tired. Working hard. I mean, it's what you dream about for all year for that moment. Uh, everybody left it all in the line. You know, when you scored that winning touchdown in overtime, did you hold your breath when they said, we're going to replay? Because guys in the press box did. I honestly had no idea they replayed it until, like, later <laughs> on, like, that you, night. So You didn't? Yeah. No, I had no clue. <laughs> what, would you, what would you have done if they'd said, ah, he's not, nah, he's not, and his knees were down? Sorry, we had two more downs. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did you know you were in, or did you believe you were in? I mean, you know, sometimes you know you yeah. didn't get in, but they're going to give it. Did you know you were in? Yeah, I knew I, knew, I, knew I was in. Uh, obviously, I didn't think it was that close <laughs> to what I saw on the replay, but yeah, I knew I was in, though. Now, it's, you know, it's easy to say now, looking back, that you always thought you were going to win. and uh, But, you know, you're the first team in 134 tries to win a playoff game when trailing by 17 points or more in the fourth quarter. So obviously it, it, it wasn't as, as much of a sure thing as maybe uh, when you talk about it today. So when you're down 28-3 and there's barely 17 minutes to go, it's late in the third quarter, how difficult is it to not just accept that, you know, well, this wasn't our day? You just got to find a way to make it a game. Um, take it one play at a time, and if we score points in offense and allow the defense to get stopped, uh, eventually we'd be in it. We needed a couple big plays, and we were right back in the game. And then guys were excited for the opportunity. One of the things I was going to say uh, about that, uh, James, when you scored that first touchdown in the third quarter, I was sitting with a young reporter next to me from Miami and having watched you guys through all this stuff. I'd seen this before. And he was sort of, well, well you know, okay, so you score a touchdown. I said, let me tell you something. I can tell you they're going to win. This may be the start of something. Did you guys feel at that point when you scored that first touchdown in the third quarter that this is the start of it, or did you not even know at that point where you were headed? I mean, just to start putting, getting a touchdown on the board is definitely a big thing for us. Um, 
like I said, we just wanted to put points on the board and to our defense to go out there and play confident and uh, make stops and he's had to put points up in the league, which eventually decreased. And right before we know, be right back in the game. James, when I think of Wisconsin, I think of power running football. You carried the ball only 39 times last season, caught 60 passes. How hard have you had to work to become a receiving threat, and how difficult has the adjustment been to that aspect of pro football? I mean, we're, we're asked to do things when I was there as far as two running backs being on the field, uh, myself line up receiver, Melvin Gore line up a receiver. So our running back coach, Thomas Hammock, he, he really pushed us to, to learn the entire offense once he got there. So I think that helped helped me a lot once I transitioned to the next level. And, um, I mean, it wasn't too difficult for me. Um, but just work harder in practice, uh, in the time with the quarterbacks, learn the protections, and, and they just play with confidence. We're speaking with New England running back James White on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com. And, James, this is the moment where my co-hosts really cringe, and they go, oh, no, I don't believe it. But, yeah, I'm breaking from the script here, and I'm going to ask you, about the quarterback you play with because you've played with a lot throughout your career, high school, college. Well, the pros, you've had Tom Brady most of the time there. Um, what makes him so different? What makes him extraordinary? In the huddle, what's he like? Um, we all hear stories about him. You're on the inside. What, what makes him so much better than the average bear? I mean, I've heard people say he makes everyone around him better. Well, how do you do that? I mean, Peyton Manning did the same thing. How do you do that? First off, uh, you see his work ethic on and off the field um, definitely rubs off on everybody. You see the success that he's had from all the work, hard work, whether it's nutrition, uh, watching film, really just getting to know the defenses we're playing and whatnot. And uh, I mean, being in the huddle with him, he demands the best out of you. He raises the level everybody's played. Cause, I mean, when you have a guy like that, you definitely want to play hard for him and just try and do the right thing and be on the same page and offer. Have you ever had him chew you out in the huddle or on the sidelines? Um, no, I mean, not really chew me out. Um, I mean, but I mean, he, he can get he can get loud with everybody at some point. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, in a matter of five months now, you had a Super Bowl game to remember. You signed a contract extension that I think guaranteed you four and a half million dollars and could earn you twelve million, and you got a Super Bowl ring the size of Wisconsin. <laughs> Which has the most value to you, and how can you ever put that wear that ring anywhere? It's the size of somebody's head. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just still excited to have the opportunity uh, to be in this league. I know a lot of people dream to have this opportunity, so I just try to take it for granted. Uh, be a good person on and off the field and just work hard and be somebody people respect. How often do you wear that ring? I mean, how much that thing weigh? It's just, God, it's huge. Uh, not, I only wore it at the ring ceremony, and I never, I've never put it on. Since <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see it at Canton, Ron? Did you see the ring? Yeah, I saw it. thing's enormous. Look like a bowling ball. Yeah, <laughs> no wonder you don't put it on. Hey, James, speaking of rings, you played on a national championship high school football team, three straight Big Ten champions, went to the Rose Bowl, two Super Bowl winning teams. Some guys always say that high school ball was the best and the most fun. Which was the greatest experience for you and why? I mean, it's kind of hard to compare my joy to my um, from high school to college to the NFL. They would have a lot of great teammates. Um, I think that's what made the team special, the bond that we had together. You definitely want to play hard for the person next to you, and I think that's what all those teams have in common. Um, it's a great group of guys. Uh, don't care who gets the credit. just want to work hard and get wins. James, to follow up on that, you also played in the highest scoring game in Rose Bowl history and in the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. 
So the obvious question, what's next for James White? Continue to get better as a player. Um, just trying to do whatever I can to help my team. Um, there's always things to work on. You know, never going to be perfect. So just trying to fine-tune everything, um, come out of here, just fly around, and have fun with my team. You know, you play for Coach, obviously, who – you know, he's always talking about uh, today and the next day, and then let's forget about yesterday. You know, you, you have an eclipse, and uh, I guess he noticed that it happened, although when we asked him about it, he seemed to indicate that he didn't think it was all that big a deal. <laughs> an eclipse that happens once every 100 years. You guys had a home comeback that happens once every never. How hard is it for you as an individual player and a guy who was so central to what happened at the Super Bowl to, okay, put that all behind me now. It's 2017. It's like it never happened. I mean, how, is, is it hard to do that? No, it's not too often. Awesome. Yeah, I, I try and push every every year to meet late, uh, no matter what happened the previous year. There's, I mean, nobody nobody really cares what you did last year. So, so what what have you done for me lately, league? So you gotta go out there and prove yourself every day, every practice, and every game. James Joe Castiglione was named the nation's best athletic director at Oklahoma. He went to St. Thomas Aquinas. Michael Irvin, Chris Everett, Brian Piccolo, Joey Bosa, they all went to St. Thomas Aquinas. What's the level of expectation when you walk out of that building with your degree? I um, mean, it's high expectation. Uh, I mean, you can even go up against I mean, some of the best athletes I mean, in the nation right there at your high school and practice every day. So definitely makes you a better football player. It's, it's great competition, great academics. Uh, just happy I got the opportunity to go to that school. Does Urban come back, and what influence does he have on you? I mean, he, he's, he comes back there all the time. But, um, I mean, he didn't necessarily have a direct influence on me. Uh Chris Carter was a guy that was there a lot of times with his son went to school with me, so he, he was more there for us as uh, like a role model and whatnot and uh, speak to us and uh, give us advice. James, I want to ask you about something a little more recently, and that's the off season. Um, since that Super Bowl, do you find that your life has changed? In other words, when you go into stores or if you're walking down the street, people recognize you. People yell out to you. People want your autograph. Where maybe a year or two ago they went, huh, James White? Who do you find that your life, and if so, how? It honestly hasn't changed too much. Um, the first couple days or weeks or so after the game, I uh, did like a bunch of trips and stuff like that. But uh, pretty much life is normal. I mean, a couple of people recognize me a little bit more than usual, but still it's not anything outrageous for me. Does Ron talk to you more than usual? Because that would be outrageous for anyone. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> he said, said, what? Runs in the other direction when I come to talk to him. Does Ron? Does Ron Borges talk to you more? <laughs> <laughs> hey, one thing I wanted to ask you, James. Uh, I wonder if you agree with Tom Brady, because uh, as you could probably tell, my co- my co-host and honk here, uh, Clark Judge, lives and dies with Brady. Lights candles got, under got his, his picture every on. night. Got that jersey uh, but he said you should have been the MVP in the Super Bowl. I voted for you as MVP in the Super Bowl. Do you think you should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl? No, I mean, it's, it's, that's not my choice. Um, I, mean, he, I wouldn't be able to catch those passes if it wasn't for him. So, I mean, he, he threw for like almost 500 yards, so you can't take anything away from him. <laughs> Good answer, James. Hey, James, thanks so much for the time. Best of luck with the season. No problem. Thank you. All right, thanks Thank a lot, you. James. Thank you. That was running back James White of the New England Patriots, and he, not Tom Brady. Boy, Ron, this, this pains me to say that, but... James White could have easily been the MVP of Super Bowl 51, right? Well, yeah, he should have been the MVP, and, and Brady was the first guy to, to say that. It's a little bit like uh, uh, Super Bowl three, I thought, where, you know, 
anybody who's fair about it knows that Matt Snell should have been the uh, the MVP of that game, uh, and it ended up being uh, Joe Namath because the quarterback's the quarterback, um, and especially a guy like James who had you know I think 65 carries during the season. No one really was expecting it that much right. from him. All of a sudden. Right. He's in the game, and he's the star of the game, and he's in the end zone every time you turn around. So I think people were stunned. Well, speaking of the game, we're near the end of our game. We've got the two-minute drill coming up. Just, that's next here on the Talk of Fame Network. Wish summer would last forever? Ask Sherwin-Williams and save 30% on paints and stains during the endless summer sale, August 24th through September 4th. With colors like Picnic, Pressed Flower, and August Moon, you'll be surrounded by summer long after the leaves have changed. Your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams paint store is right around the corner. Find it at sherwinwilliams.com slash save. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Just a reminder, the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. You should have gone 15 minutes ago. Well, that is the signal. We're near the end of our show, so let's get to the two-minute drill brought to you once again by Burger King Breakfast. Matt Stafford's the highest-paid quarterback in the game today. So where is he on your Mount Rushmore of today's quarterbacks? If we go by contract value, he's got that spot up front reserved for George Washington. If you go by production, he's at the ticket office waiting to get in to see Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, and Drew Brees in stone. You are correct, sir. Hey, why did Fox hire Michael Vick as an analyst? Because, as Ron Wolf always tells us, you can never have enough quarterbacks. It's obvious. They wanted someone to dog the players. What are the chances NFLPA boss Demore Smith has his contract extended in October? Good. The owners have already extended Goodell. The players will extend his sparring partner. Look, James Michael Curley was once re-elected in Massachusetts while in prison. He was a longer shot than D is in October. The Dolphins say there's no chance, no chance they trade Jarvis Landry. Why should we believe him? Because they clearly aren't finding a market for Landry to their liking. Because we are foolish people who think sometimes someone in the NFL office will not lie. Jim Brown said Colin Kaepernick needs to choose between playing or being an activist. Agree? I think he's already made up his mind. I think Jim Brown needs to get some mirrors in his house. <laughs> With two concussed quarterbacks, including starter Tyrod Taylor, what are the Bills' chances in week one? Very good. If you're going to play without a quarterback, be thankful you're playing the Jets. Exactly. The same as they were when they had no concussed quarterbacks, as long as they're playing the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me why Chicago should be excited about quarterback Mike Glennon. Because he's not Jay Cutler, but sadly he's not Jim McMahon either. Uh, give me some more time on that question. <laughs> <laughs> if you were commissioner, how would you punish Vontez Perfect? I'd make him play the next five weeks without pads. That may temper his aggression a bit. <laughs> I wouldn't punish him at all. He was playing football. The Chargers drew 21,000 for their first two exhibition games. 21,000. Dan Fouts calls it embarrassing. What do you call it? Apathy toward football, the NFL, and the Chargers. At the StubHub Center, I call it a sellout. <laughs> well, we'd like to thank Jerry Kramer, James White, Jeff Legwald, and John McClain for joining us. Our buddy Derek Burns for bailing us out as a last-minute producer, and you for listening to us. If you'd like to hear this or any podcast, just go to our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, or find us on iTunes or your podcast app. We'll be here. You know what? We hope you will be, too. Hey, this is Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Welcome to GEICO's Motorcycle Neanderings. 
Oh man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. Scored some big savings and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. You know what doesn't make sense? If a car is called a horseless carriage, why isn't a motorcycle called a horseless horse? Hmm. Maybe it would just be adding insult to injury for the out-of-work horses. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. There's people who care where I'm going And good friends who welcome me home So get a fourth hang of freedom Drive the American road And with a fourth hang of freedom Find your own highway We'll take you wherever you go Marathon, fueling the American spirit Hi, this is John Taffer from Bar Rescue. I've seen firsthand what restaurant owners can do with the capital to manage cash flow gaps. Cabbage is so important. Cabbage provides lines of credit of up to $150,000. Apply online and you'll get a decision right away. Withdraw funds without reapplying. I signed up and had a decision in minutes. Cabbage has helped over 100,000 small businesses from every industry. Get started at cabbage.com slash owner or 855-CABBAGE. That's cabbage with a K. Line of credit is subject to credit approval. See terms and conditions. Hi, Tom Bodette. According to the dad bod craze, the lumpy, less-than-chiseled look is now totally in. So you could say I'm in the best shape of my life, and so is Motel 6. They've updated their properties nationwide with contemporary everything, still for the same low price you've come to expect. So your wallet can feel a little pleasantly plump, too. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. <laughs> 